Welcome to the Story Weaver podcast. I'm your host, Bronrauk Mitchell. Come, sit with me under the story tree as I weave a tale or two for you. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Poetry with Bron. Today, I'll be reading some poems from A Book for Kids by C.J. Dennis. This book was sourced from the Project Gutenberg website. The link will be in the episode description. A Book for Kids by C.J. Dennis Dedication To all good children over four and under four and eighty, be you not over prone to poor on matters grave and weighty. Mayhap you'll find within this book some touch of youth's rare clowning, if you will condescend to look and not descend to frowning. The mind of one small boy may hold odd fancies and inviting to guide a hand unsure and old that moves these days to writing. For hair once bright in days of yore grows grey or somewhat slaty. And now, alas, he's over four, though under four and eighty. And now one of my favourite poems of all time. The Tri-Anti-Wanty Gongolope. There's a very funny insect that you do not often spy, and it isn't quite a spider, and it isn't quite a fly. It is something like a beetle, and a little like a bee, but nothing like a woolly grub that climbs upon a tree. Its name is quite a hard one, but you'll learn it soon, I hope. So try. Try. Try, Auntie Wanty. Try, Auntie Wanty Gongolope. It lives on weeds and wattle gum and has a funny face. Its appetite is hearty and its manners are disgrace. When first you come upon it, it will give you quite a scare. But when you look for it again, you find it isn't there. And unless you call it softly, it will stay away and mope. So try. Try, try, Auntie Wanty, try, Auntie Wanty Gongolope. It trembles if you tickle it or tread upon its toes. It is not an early riser, but it has a snobbish nose. If you sneer at it or scold it, it will scuttle off in shame. But it purrs and purrs quite proudly if you call it by its name and offer it some sandwiches of sealing wax and soap. So try, try. Try, Auntie Wanty. Try, Auntie Wanty Gongolope. But of course you haven't seen it, and I truthfully confess that I haven't seen it either, and I don't know its address. For there isn't such an insect, though there really might have been, if the trees and grass were purple and the sky was bottle green. It's just a little joke of mine, which you'll forgive, I hope. Oh, try. Try. Try, Auntie Wanty. Try Auntie Wanty Gongolope. The Tram Man I'd like to be a tram man and ride about all day, calling out, Fares please, in quite a vicious way, with pockets full of pennies which I'd make the people pay. But in the hottest days I'd take my tram down to the bay, and when I saw the nice cool sea I'd shout, Hip hip hooray! But I wouldn't be a tram man if I couldn't stop and play. Would you? Bessie and the Bunyip 
Bessie met a bunyip down along the track, in his hand a billy and a swag upon his back. And you will hardly believe it, but when Bessie shouted, Shoo! He turned a double somersault and went quite blue. Good enough. I do not think there ever was, or ever will, or ever could be, a little girl or little boy as good as she, or as he, should be. But still, I think you will agree, though perfect very, very few are. They're not so bad when pretty good. That's just about as good as you are. The Porter I'd like to be a porter and always on the run, calling out, stand aside, and asking leave of none, shoving trucks on people's toes and having splendid fun, slamming all the carriage doors and locking everyone. And when they asked to be let in, I'd say, it can't be done. But I wouldn't be a porter if the luggage weighed a ton. Would you? Growing up. Little Tommy Tadpole began to weep and wail, for little Tommy Tadpole had lost his little tail. And when his mother didn't know him, as he wept upon a log, for he wasn't Tommy Tadpole, but Mr. Thomas Frog. Tea Talk Excuse me if I sit on you, the cup said to the saucer. I fear I've been here all the afternoon. Spare excuses, said the saucer. You have sat on me before, sir. Oh, I'll stir him up directly, said the spoon. Stop your clatter, stop your clatter, cried the bread and butter platter. Tittle tattle, sneered the teapot with a shrug. Now the most important question is my chronic indigestion. Ah, you've taken too much tannin, jeered the jug. Hey, 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 sang the silver-plated tray. It's time you had your faces washed. I've come to clear away. The Looking Glass When I look into the looking glass, I'm always sure to see, no matter how I dodge about, me, looking out at me. I often wonder as I look, and those strange features spy, if I, in there, think I'm as plain as I, out here, think I. The Barber I'd like to be a barber, and learn to shave and clip, Calling out, next please, and pocketing my tip. All day I'd hear my scissors going, snip, snip, snip. I'd lather people's faces and their noses I would grip, while I shave most carefully along the upper lip. But I wouldn't be a barber if the razor was to slip. Would you? The Sailor I'd like to be a sailor, a sailor bold and bluff, calling out, Ship ahoy! In manly tones and gruff. I'd learn to box the compass and to reef and tack and luff. I'd sniff and sniff the briny breeze and never get enough. Perhaps I'd chew tobacco or an old black pipe I'd puff. But I wouldn't be a sailor if the sea was very rough. Would you? The baker. I'd like to be a baker. And come when morning breaks, calling out, Bieko! That's the sound that he makes, riding in a rattle cart that jogs and jolts and shakes, selling all the sweetest things a baker ever bakes. Currant buns and brandy snaps, pastry all in flakes. But I wouldn't be a baker if I couldn't eat the cakes. Would you?
the swagman. Oh, he was old and he was spare. His bushy whiskers and his hair were all fussed up and very grey. He said he'd come a long, long way and had a long, long way to go. Each boot was broken at the toe and he'd a swag upon his back. His billy can as black as black was just the thing for making tea at picnics, so it seemed to me. "'Twas hard to earn a bite of bread,' he told me. Then he shook his head, and all the little corks that hung around his hat-brim danced and swung, and bobbed about his face, and when I laughed he made them dance again. He said they were for keeping flies, the pesky varmints, from his eyes. He called me Codger. "'Now you see, the best days of your life,' said he. "'But days will come to bend your back, and when they come, keep off the track. Keep off, young Codger, if you can.' He seemed a funny sort of man. He told me that he wanted work, but jobs were scarce this side of Burke, and he supposed he'd have to go another fifty mile or so. Nigh all my life the track I've walked, he said. I liked the way he talked. And oh, the places he had seen. I don't know where he had not been. On every road, in every town, or through the country. Up and down. Young Codger shun the track, he said, and put his hand upon my head. I noticed, then, that his old eyes were very blue and very wise. I, once I was a little lad, he said, and seemed to grow quite sad. I sometimes think, when I'm a man, I'll get a good black billy can and hang some corks around my hat and lead a jolly life like that. Riding song. Flippity-flop, flippity-flop. Here comes the butcher to bring us a chop, cantering, cantering down the wide street on his little bay mare with her funny white feet. Cantering, cantering out to the farm, stripes on his apron and basket on arm. Run to the window and tell him to stop. Flippity-flop, flippity-flop. The Funny Hatter Harry was a funny man, Harry was a hatter. He ate his lunch at breakfast time and said it didn't matter. He made a pot of melon jam and put it on the shelf, for he was fond of sugar things and living by himself. He built a fire of bracken and a blue gum log, and he sat all night beside it with his big black dog. The Postman I'd like to be a postman and walk along the street, calling out, Good morning, sir, to gentlemen I meet, ringing every doorbell all along my beat, in my cap and uniform, so very nice and neat. Perhaps I'd have a parasol in case of rain or heat, but I wouldn't be a postman if the walking hurt my feet. Would you? The Pie Man. I'd like to be a pie man and ring a little bell, calling out, Hot pies, hot pies to sell. Apple pies and meat pies, cherry pies as well. Lots and lots and lots of pies, more than you can tell. Big rich pork pies, oh, the lovely smell. But I wouldn't be a pie man if I wasn't very well, would you? Hist. Hist! Hark! The night is very dark. 
and we've to go a mile or so across the possum park. Step. Light. Keeping to the right. If we delay and lose our way, we'll be out half the night. The clouds are low and gloomy. Oh, it's just begun to mist. And we haven't any overcoats. And hist, hist. Mo poke. Who was that that spoke? This is not a fitting sport to make a silly joke. Dear me. A mopoke in a tree. It jarred me so I didn't know whatever could it be. But come along, creep along, soon we shall be missed. They'll get a scare and wonder where we hush. Hist. Shh. Soft. I've told you oft and oft. We should not stray so far away without a moon aloft. Oh, scat. Goodness, what was that? Upon my word, it's quite absurd. It's only just a cat. But come along, haste along. Soon we'll have to rush, or we'll be late and find the gate is hissed. Hush! Gok! Grok! Oh, I've had a shock. I hope and trust it's only just a frog behind a rock. Shoo! Shoo! We've had enough of you. Scaring folk just for a joke, it's not the thing to do. But come along, slip along, isn't it a lark? Just to roam so far from home on hist. Hark, look, see, shining through the tree. The window light is glowing bright to welcome you and me. Shout, shout, there's someone round about and through the door I see some more and supper all laid out. Now run, run, run. Oh, we've had such splendid fun. Through the park in the dark, as brave as any one. Laughed we did and chaffed we did and whistled all the way. And we're home again, home again. Hip, hooray. Birdsong. I am friendly with a sparrow, though his mind is rather narrow, and his manners. Well, the less we say, the better. But as day begins to peep, when I hear his cheery cheep, I am ready to admit I am his debtor. I delight in red-brown finches, and all birds of scanty inches. Willie Wagtail is a pleasant bird and coy. All the babblers, chats and wrens, tits and robins and their hens, are my very special friends, and bring me joy. The Music of Your Voice a vase upon the mantelpiece, a ship upon the sea, a goat upon a mountain top, are much the same to me. But when you mention melon jam, or picnics by the creek, or apple pies or pantomimes, I love to hear you speak. The date of Magna Carta, or the doings of the Dutch, or capes or towns or verbs or nouns do not excite me much. But when you mention motor rides, down by the sea for choice, or chasing games or chocolates, I love to hear your voice. The unsociable wallaby. Willie spied a wallaby hopping through the fern. Here a jump, here a thump, and there a sudden turn. Willie called the wallaby, begging him to stop, but he went among the wattles with a flip, flap, flop. Woolamaloo. 
Here's a ridiculous riddle for you. How many O's are there in Woolloomooloo? Two for the W, two for the M, four for the L's, and that's plenty for them. Birdsong. I detest the carrion crow. He's a raven, don't you know? He's a greedy glutton also and a ghoul. And his sanctimonious core robs my temper on the raw. He's a demon and a most degraded fowl. I admire the pert blue wren and his dainty little hen, though she hasn't got a trace of blue upon her. But she's pleasing and she's pretty and she sings a cheerful ditty while her husband is a gentleman of honour. I despise the pallid cuckoo, a disreputable crook who shirks her duties for a lazy life of ease. I abhor her mournful call, which is not a song at all, but a cross between a whimper and a wheeze. The Famine Cackle and lay, cackle and lay, how many eggs did you get today? None in the manger, none in the shed, none in the box where the chickens are fed, none in the tussocks and none in the tub, and only a little one out in the scrub. Oh, I say, dumplings today, I fear that the hens must be laying away. The feast. Cackle and lay, cackle and lay. How many eggs did you get today? Two in the manger and four in the shed, six in the box where the chickens are fed, two in the tussocks and ten in the tub, and nearly two dozen right out in the scrub. Hip, hip, hooray! Pudding today! I think that the hens are beginning to lay. Polly Dibbs Mrs. Dibbs, Polly Dibbs, standing at a tub, washing other people's clothes. Rub, rub, rub. Poor old skinny arms, white with soapy foam. At night she takes her shabby hat and goes off home. Mrs. Dibbs, Polly Dibbs, is not very rich. She goes abroad all day to scrub and home at night to stitch. She wears her shabby hat awry, perched on a silly comb, and people laugh at Polly Dibbs as she goes home. Mrs. Dibbs, Mother Dibbs, growing very old, says it's a hard world and sniffs and drats the cold. She says it is a cruel world, a weary world to roam, but God will smile on Polly Dibbs when she goes home. The Publisher I'd like to be a publisher and publish massive tomes written in a massive style by blokes with massive domes. Science books and histories of Egypt's day and Rome's. Books of psychosurgery to mine the minds of moans. And solemn pseudo-psychic stuff to tell where Topsy roams when her poor clay is put away beneath the spreading homes. Books upon electrocuting little seeds with ohms to sternly show them how to grow in sands and clays and loams. And bravely burst infinitives like angry agronomes. Books on breeding aeroplanes and airing aerodromes. On bees that buzz in bonnets and the kind to build the combs. Made plain with pretty pictures done in crimsons, mauves and chromes. And diagrams to bulk the brain of Mr. Sherlock Holmes. I'd set the scientists to work like superheated gnomes. And make them write and write and write until the printer foams. 
and Milano men made loony go to psychopathic homes. I'd publish books, I would, large books on ants and antinomes, and palimpsests and palinodes and pallid palindromes, but I wouldn't be a publisher if I got many poems. Would you? Good night. And so, good night. I'm rather tired. I hardly thought I'd be required to draw a lot of pictures too. When I arranged to write for you, I found it hard, but did my best, and now I need a little rest. If you are pleased, why that's all right. I'm rather tired, and so, good night. And with that, I'll be back on Friday with Elements of the Craft. The Storyweaver podcast intro and outro were created by my editor and tech whiz, Paul Aiken, using licensed music from Stock 20. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email to thestoryweaverpodcast at gmail.com. Farewell for now, dear friends.